0: This is Walker McKibben. Welcome to our Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. We continue to honor the memory of my dad and his contagious passion for hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. Over the next hour, you will hear from my dad's friends and colleagues as they reminisce about their experiences with him in the woods, on the water, and in the bleachers watching me play. I'll close them eyes. This is let's go there in our mind. The Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show. A hunting,
1: fishing, and loving every day. That's the friend this country boy prays. Thank God he made me this way. A hunting, fishing, and loving every day.
0: Good morning and welcome to the Jamie McKibben Outdoors show. My name is Scott Clow, and I am one of several people that were lucky enough to know Jamie McKibben and spend several years working with him here at what is now McKibben Media Group. I started working with Jamie McKibben back in 1999. The the date that I started working with him really isn't significant other than it was October of 1999. And between October of 99 and the spring of 2000, Jamie had learned that I grew up on the lake, that my parents still lived on the lake, where that house was, and on which lake, and by April, he was fishing off of their seawall. So over the next several weeks, we're going to hear from the people that knew Jamie McKibben from kindergarten right on up until his untimely death late last year where do you start when it comes to Jamie McKibben? He spans so many different worlds. He was in broadcasting, he volunteered, he was an integral member of the community. He coached, he fished, he hunted, and was an incredible father. And you sometimes wonder when you are around someone that is that diverse and has that kind of energy, how is it they became who they are? Well, when I asked the people close to him for the names of people I should talk to, people that could help me better understand who Jamie McKibben was before he became the big dog, the first name on a couple of those lists was Daryl Pfeiffer.
1: Uh, Name's Daryl Pfeiffer. We met in kindergarten uh, about 38 years ago or so. And uh, been best friends ever since we met.
0: Did he have a nickname for you?
1: He did, which it actually started with my family and they still to this day call me that and it sounds weird if they don't but everybody calls me Stink.
0: Do I dare ask how he came up with that (laughs) nickname for you?
1: Well, most people would think one reason but my mom says it's because every time she changed my clothes when I was a baby that I would either throw up or poop. So I got the name thing.
0: Knowing him since kindergarten, then, you, you've watched the, the evolution of his love of outdoors. When was it evident? Was it something you guys shared?
1: Uh, where I grew up, we had a big pond, and uh, he used to come over, and we fished nonstop from the time we got there until the time he left, and um, back then, I mean, he would take his fishing pole and uh, break it in half and put it in his duffel bag and bring it with him to school, stuff it in his locker and take it on the bus with us and uh, we uh, we both absolutely loved the outdoors and yeah, that's what made us click together I guess and it was hard to get us both come inside That's how I shot my first buck I uh, We were at his grandfather's and it was even opening day I think it was and we sat out there for a long time, I come in, we got all warm, we got something to eat, and then he was ready to go back out, and I said, man, I, I don't want to go, I just want to stay in, take a nap, and he kept pushing me and pushing me, and he's like, fine, I'll go sit there. So I sat where he did in the morning, and sure as luck, he, uh, a buck came by and I shot it, and it was a pretty big buck, and definitely memories i'll never forget
0: because i've I've ridden in the truck with jamie mckibben uh, many times and he can spot a good hunting property a mile away did he always have the gift of being able to knock on a door and saying hey my name's jamie can i hunt your land
1: he could definitely talk he i really wish that i could talk the way he does and he's so calm about everything every situation and could really listen to you and and give a an honest answer of you know what he thinks you should do and so yeah when it came to getting permission to uh hunter property we definitely sent him to the door
0: <laughs> was there any other special assignments that jamie got growing up
1: uh i don't know if we can talk about that on radio <laughs> <laughs>
0: What was your last experience with Jamie in the outdoors?
1: Last experience was probably he came over and helped me find my son's buck that he shot. Obviously, we went fishing and stuff after that, but that's probably the most memorable is getting to share that with him and my son.
0: I see you uh, You got a nice buck this year.
1: That uh, I actually seen that buck on November 16th and took a shot at it and didn't get it and then I found out the news about it and slowed my hunting down a little and then on uh, around the 18th probably I happened to see that buck crossing my field in the morning so I went out that evening and sat and ended up getting it that night so I'm having that deer mounted by one of Jamie's good friends, and I'm going to have that as a memory of Jamie.
0: Did that deer just walk into your lap? What was that?
1: uh... It kind of did that day. I do have a blind out in the middle of my field, and I have a lot of deer that come to my field every night from stuff that I've planted so I knew that deer was probably going to come back out that night it's just whether it would come close enough I mean literally sitting in the middle of a you know, 11 or 12 acre field and so odds of it coming close enough for me to shoot with my bow was iffy but it did it, it just kept coming closer and closer and it gave me the opportunity so I have to believe it had a helping hand.
0: At what point during that did Jamie come into your mind?
1: Uh, pretty much the whole time. We always had a special thing we did when we would shoot a buck, And I won't specifically say what it is, because that was a thing between just us and my son now does it. And we were the only three that knew it and done it so that will continue definitely going to be missed
2: the spirit of the woods he's like an old good friend makes me feel warm and good inside and i know his name it's good to see him again because in the wind he's still alive Talking about Fred Bear. Walk with me down the trails again.
0: Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoors Show here on WKHM, Jackson's News Talk 970 AM 101.5 FM around the world at WKHM.com and Fox Sports 101.9 FM. In Jackson, Michigan. Shows brought to you in part by Mackey's Body Shop, Krupa's Boat Mart, Knutson Sporting Goods, Addison Awning, Michigan Whitetail Properties, Hometown Heating, Cooling and More, Shopeck Sporting Goods, Performance Automotive Northwest, Powers Clothing, Rage Broadheads, and the Beef Barn. Shopeck Sporting Goods has been a sponsor of the outdoors show for over 20 years, and it's fitting because so many of the friendships that Jamie had that revolved around being outdoors began indoors at the Indoor Archery League at Shoe Sporting Goods, and one of his earliest archery-related friendships developed with Larry Brown, who knew him as that kid you didn't want to shoot against.
3: My name is uh, Larry Brown. And Jamie and I met when I used to live in Jackson uh, quite a few years ago when he was a young guy and he was uh, in the radio business. But he was also uh, pretty much into hunting and we kind of met in our archery leagues uh, to start with.
0: I have heard that Jamie and Bud, if you were in the archery league and you saw you were going up against them, it, it was not a pleasant feeling.
3: And yeah, uh, you, you hit that right on the head. And that's true. Um, of course, there was a lot of competition. Uh, there, and then we, um, I, I wasn't their level of archery, but uh, they, uh, they uh, was, it was quite interesting to see the competition among all those two, uh, especially uh, when they did team archery. Uh, and some of the other guys, but uh, I, I enjoyed just being there, shooting and having a good time. But it was always fun watching the competition uh, that uh, was uh, pretty much apparent among them and uh, the rest of the guys. It, it really was the, the friendship, I think, more than anything. I, and it was, you know, that competitive was there, but it was it was a, a fun, competitive type relationship. Uh, you really got to. I liked it for myself because I learned a lot. Here I was a lot older than uh, um, Jay, but I learned a lot from him just uh, from the archery techniques. You know, I really got started kind of more heavy into archery when he was a young guy. So, And the leagues really helped me, but I really expanded my archery skills. But, you know, just being around... Uh, Buddy and, and Jamie and the rest of the guys there, it was uh, it really the companionship that you developed and, uh, and how you appreciated each other uh, was probably one of the biggest highlights of, uh, to me in the archery league.
0: He had a real passion for, for archery, and I've, I've talked to a couple of people, Don Williams included. I know he was probably in your archery league, but he alluded to the fact that Jamie could have gone professional in archery.
3: Uh, He he had done is exactly right. Um, And everything that I gathered in talking to him and and some of the uh, shoots that he was in, he would go away uh, and and different out of state and and do some shoots. Um, I think, uh, you know, I I really can't remember why he didn't uh, go on to that, but I'm sure, you know, uh, marriage, kids a career all those types of things but he definitely had the skill for it and in archery you know it's being steady (laughs) that's one of the things and i think uh i can relate to that as you get young as you're younger you become more steady but uh, as you get older you can't so that's something you really appreciated about how he handled himself uh, in that level of competition.
1: Well,
0: in the way he handled himself in in any type of situation, Larry, I think it's, it's, it says a lot about Jamie that uh, you said you, you're, you've got a few years on him. I know Bud had quite a few years on him. Age did not seem to matter. None of that seemed to matter. It was kind of that if, if he knew you had a love of the outdoors, he instantly... Instantly kind of latched on and, and tried to milk any information he could from someone.
3: Well, you are exactly right. I re, one of the things is and there was a bunch of guys, you know, Mark Bacon and and John Bacon and Buddy and, and Jamie and myself and a couple other guys. Uh, we would go every once in a while. We take a trip out west and uh we did some uh Mark Bacon and Jamie and I did some archery hunts and buddy you know was out there doing an archery hunt out Colorado, which I learned a lot then that's on archery and how to hunt around the mountains. we kind of had a really good time of friendship and uh but one of the that he um I enjoyed with him you know is obviously i I'm about the same age as buddy i And so when he came, we went out west and we actually did a a, um, a rifle hunt for mule deer and antelope and that, and we stayed in a, like a sheep herders tent and all that. And there, it was really just the ride out there, the ride back during that time, uh, you know, he was just a sponge to learn everything and anything he could about uh, uh, hunting and being outdoors and that was kind of fun to watch him grow in that over the years
0: i think that that passion for knowledge was only only equaled by his willingness to teach somebody a new skill
3: yes and that you know he's the one that really kind of got me uh you know obviously I was older i did a little bit of archery hunting I, mean, I really didn't uh, understand archery that much. You know, I was kind of fortunate I got my first buck. I really didn't know what I was doing, but he's the one that really kind of got me uh, going into archery. Just listening to talk and how he, even at a young age, like you said, he would uh, kind of wrap your his hands around you and and really help you with archery a lot. And that's something with his skill, technique, and his experience as such a young uh, guy that uh, everybody enjoyed about him.
0: Do you have one memory in particular that sticks out for you as far as being in the outdoors with Jamie McKibben?
3: Oh, boy. (laughs) There is, you know, um, I will say, and when you talk about outdoors, you got your archery, You've got your your rifle and your hunting and and all that and some of those great trips that we took but probably one of the best times you know uh he had a place uh as well as buddy did they had a place up here in in uh Ludington. and obviously it was their summer type uh uh vacationing type things but one of the things they did is they it was all about fishing and i'll never forget he would always say hey larry you want to go out fishing okay on the big lake and usually buddy myself uh you know jamie there was a, a mark bacon there was ron there was a bunch of guys but i always appreciated you know, i always had to laugh at the fun times out on the lake uh even the, the uh couple different boats we go out in two different boats and i'll never forget the the laughing that, we, that was done on the boats but especially when we at the end of the day both boats were pretty f- close together and there was always seemed to be a race who to, could to get back to the uh to the pier first and uh, that uh that sticks with me uh, that fun time that we had but uh you know, it was really that, that friendship and I, that's something I always appreciated. And he always, him or Buddy or one of the guys would say, hey, Larry, we're going to be up there. I know you're up there. Hey, you want to go fishing? And uh, that that's something I always appreciated about uh, uh, him is his willingness to, to invite people along to experience. And I know he always had other people with him who would bring up too at times. So that, that's, uh, he always wanted to share that, his experiences one of the things is that you know i i grew up up north and i was oh you know fishing family my dad and all that but you know i would have to say i probably one of those ones that didn't necessarily have the best results if it was a choppy water or something like that so he always knew that he says okay larry that's going to be a real flat day do you want to go he knew i couldn't take it I think, uh uh that 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 is uh one of the things he always looked out to make sure you had a good experience because if it did bother you he did he knew that wouldn't be a good experience for you so you know there's just tons of great stories about jamie uh obviously the the group of the archers, the group of hunters out west, the group of fishing, you know, and I think one of the things that i um, I really admired about him as, uh, you know, he, he was such a family guy with his son, you know, because when they first come up before he got a, a trailer at a trailer park, he, they would camp. And just that's fun times watching him uh, experience the outdoors, him and his wife and, and Walker and watching him grow into a young young adult and into a, a, a young dad and just watching those things and those experiences you know that's something you'll I'll never forget about.
0: Welcome back to the Jamie McKibben Outdoor Show here on WKHM. Jackson's News Talk 970 AM, 101.5 FM, around the world at WKHM.com. And simulcast on Jackson's Fox Sports 101.9 FM. And, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thanks to all of the sponsors for being a part of this four-part tribute to Jamie McKibben where we sit down and we talk to his friends, and talk about the friendships that he had that revolved around one of his passions, which was his love for the outdoors. And even though it's tough to nail down when this show actually started, I don't know the exact date, but I know it was mid to late 1999. And many of the sponsors have been with this show since day one, including Knutson Sporting Goods, and each and every week from the show's inception this man would call
2: in with the Knutson's Fishing Report. This is Tom Knudsen. Uh We met Jamie uh, through the radio station. He coming in, uh, doing his usual hard sell <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, about this uh, uh, cool little outdoor show he wanted to do. Do you remember the the first day you met Jamie? I wish I did, Scott. I, I wish I've, I've thought about this. You know, since his passing of, you know, you get to know people and you've, you you kind of just you know. I mean you know he was always going to be there so I didn't ever never, <laughs> never uh, I never put times I'm I'm not big that, I'm not big that way so when was it that a friendship started? Almost immediately. I mean, I, I mean, it was pretty obvious. Jamie's the type of guy that you can talk to, and and we would, you know, because of the the business that we were in, and his b- building this outdoor show and his likes, it was it was a no brainer. I mean, it, you know, we just became friends. I mean, it was not just a you know a business relationship. It, you know, it, it just happened. He's ten years younger than I am. So, you know, he, I mean, it, you take 2000 and you know, we're 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 much younger people at that point. I I I when we met was where Jamie is was when he passed. Um, you know, I was in the middle of my kids sports, running them around, doing all that type of stuff. Jamie wasn't even close to that at that point. Um, you know Jimmy was doing that stuff now and it was fun for me to watch that and say hey you know you got this to do and you got that to do this is what's coming up you know those type of things because I've already I was already through it and my kids have grown so it was fun to, it was fun to watch that part of it
0: When was the – I know through the outdoor show you guys had a lot of conversations about fishing. You had a lot of conversations about hunting in general. And you had a lot of conversations about things that had nothing to do with hunting at times. Oh, I
2: had tons of that. Uh,
0: But as it comes to the outdoor show, how long have you actually been calling in? Well, I think from
2: day one. I think when we set it up, I'm pretty sure we were doing this from day one, um, doing the call-in, I mean, from the very beginning that I was involved. Um, I don't remember it not being that way. Um, so I said, you know, those first couple 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings rolled up and there was no phone call, you know. it You know, it, it, was, it wasn't very fun at all. You know, I, I, I disliked it. Even though at the last... Year after Jamie bought the station, less than a year, um, we had to record most of them. Um, it was just, we tried very hard, to make it look like we weren't recording them, but, you know, with Walker being so involved in sports, Jamie always had a hard time, not Jamie always had a hard time. The more he was involved, the harder it was to do that show on a Saturday morning. So we had to record it more often. And it was, so mainly it was usually thursday afternoons or friday afternoons that that show was recorded over the last year
0: hear the evolution uh of the conversations throughout too
2: (laughs) you think and you you hear the friendship and and i mean he knew how to get me wound up especially if you brought the dnr up you know (laughs) those type of things so we you know i I don't have those shows i'm lucky lucky enough i i saved that I went on to Apple and saved that, that, last, that last show, which happened to be when our conversation about Tapio and Amanda out in North Dakota and Tapio proposing to her out there. You mentioned quite a few
0: things that are, are, are very, a common thread with all the conversations I've had about Jamie McKibben with people. Very easy to talk to. Unbelievably easy. Convince you. Of anything, but <laughs> know
2: how to wind you up in an incredible father and husband, absolutely. Yeah, and a great friend. I mean, to anybody, anybody who got the opportunity to be that person, I mean, yeah, you know, to, to be in the in the circle of of Jamie, and that was anybody. I mean, that wasn't an anybody's situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was all those things. I mean, he knew how to wind me up. He knew how, he knew I wind, he knows I wind up. He kn- you, <laughs> you know, now I will tell you, you wind him up too, and
0: I was there for one of them, and I was an integral part of it. We were doing a buck pole. It was one of the buck poles where... He wasn't there. He th- this was the year I think he was
2: out at drop time. The, the... Well, if you know Jamie very well that he hated to be in Michigan on November fifteenth. <laughs> I mean that, that, that was that that was no secret to, to his friends. I mean he hated to be here because that meant the bow season was over in Michigan and you know the chance if he hadn't got that deer, he didn't want to you know that deer he was chasing, he didn't want to be here to see somebody take it with a gun. There's there's no doubt in my mind. That's why every year I'm leaving on the 14th and I'm going to Iowa or I'm going to Kansas or or southern Ohio uh, to, to go deer hunting. I mean, that that's that was <laughs> that, that was no accident that every year that's when he left. Well, this was the year that it was 70
0: degrees wherever he was. I want to say it was Iowa and he trudged through some grassland and he's out in the middle of a field and you send him a text while I'm standing next to you at the broadcast, at the buck pole, that said, hey, where's Scott? I thought we had a broadcast. That was two years ago. Was that two years ago? I think ago? that was two years ago. It was yeah. two or three.
2: Yeah, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that long ago, yeah. I remember that, yeah.
0: And within five seconds, I think he texts you back, and then my phone <laughs> rang? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Say you know how to wind him up. You knew exactly how to wind him up because the one thing that he never wanted to do was think about the radio stations while he was on vacation. No, but that's wrong.
2: He's just like me when it came to. He he always worried about the stations. He always worried about his job. He always did. I mean, he's he's like me, perfectionist when it comes to to a lot of things. Well, I guess
0: what I meant by that was we wanted him not to have to think about it.
2: Well the that same was. the same happens for me but but that doesn't change if you're the guy in charge you're always going to be thinking about it you're in that he's in that tree stand or I'm in the duck blind out in North Dakota I'm not just in that blind I'm out there changing my it's a different mindset but you're still thinking about what to do to go forward what what's the next you know opportunity what's where where is it gonna head yeah all the time I mean I mean I could tell you that even through the conversations of the last the last time he was in North Dakota with us I mean that was I mean to be honest you know not many people know this but that was very close to the very beginning of him making the purchase of the stations and we spent quite a few hours in the, in the field talking about about that situation
0: you and Tapio i think are responsible for his uh because it was within the last 2 Maybe a year and a half, two years, that he started getting into. It, it was the waterfowl hunting.
2: Fifteen and 16. 2015, okay. 2016 is about when he started to, to play with with the waterfowl a little bit. Yep, yeah. He didn't want to. He didn't like to because why, why he was, was afraid, he was well he was afraid it was going to cost him what little time he had for hunting left. And it would cost him, uh, Katina being really angry at him for spending so much money on waterfall because he knows it's not like deer hunt. Well, deer hunting's expensive as well, but he couldn't add another sport to his pile. So he had all of his buddies buy the equipment and he just come borrow- come use it with them. That was his theory. It worked for him. <laughs> it, it worked great. It, it worked, worked great. for him. <laughs> but
0: what's your memory of him, the lingering one that you have, of being outdoors
2: with jamie McKibben, well it's true heart passion i mean you know everybody have heard my statements you know in in the outdoor show of of, i'm not angry at the birds anymore i'm not angry at the you know i've never been angry at the deer um that's just nothing that you know that anger we call it anger i call it anger it's the passion jamie always had that passion i mean that's i mean to the to obviously to the end that passion to 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 chase wherever however whatever it changed for me a long time ago um but it you know i still have the passion i just don't have to do it as hard and i like the 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 camaraderie and that was the beauty and 2015, he 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 went back to back years with us to North Dakota. Um, Tapio just that's when him and Tapio just connected um, because you know for me you know I'll go duck hunting out there I'll get up every morning but. I won't chase them two hours away from where I'm at. I've got this really great cabin. I got I can see all this waterfall, all this this wildlife that we that we stay at. I don't need to go chase him, but, but Jamie would. He would go trudging across the field with Tapio, you know, where I did that. I don't have to do that anymore. But Tapio had a partner. And they had a blast, those two out there. And they they came back and, you know, they came back with grouse and, and partridge and pheasants and, you know, different kinds of ducks. And this was all new to Jamie, you know, except for the upland stuff, which he'd done before. But, you know, and Tapia was enjoying it with him. And that's where that connection really took off.
0: The one sport he never really fully embraced was ice fishing. He didn't have the clam. He didn't have
2: we did it went to the bottom of the lake once it did <laughs> I don't know that oh, story yeah. you got to tell me Oh yeah absolutely he he has the stuff Yeah he sunk a he sunk a fish house did he? and and a, and a fairly brand new vexlar So yeah Yeah he, he he did I mean he he he, again, I think that was his time that he had, you know, with the with his traditional open water fishing and his hunting, that ice fish. Or that time period was a time for more to be, you know, at home, you know, doing those type of things and, and concentrating on everything else that you know it was there and you it
0: never saw the itch though with him
2: no you never saw no. the itch.
0: you could see the itch oh, in, in the fall you, absolutely you, you could see it it was well
2: it's springtime with the salmon yeah you know, yeah lake michigan exactly. walleye that type of thing absolutely you couldn't keep them away what's the date of the midwest open uh, It's 31st i think yeah we're sunday this year the 31st let's put it this way if the weather makes it we're going to have a have a tournament um, it'll be unique it'll be different um, you know rules meeting will be different weigh ins will be different but but we'll we'll make it happen if if the weather is conducive um, we don't have to so, i mean it, ice fishing can be is the ultimate social distance we have the social distance in the uh, tournament already so you know figured in, so that part's not an issue i think we can i think we can pull it off. I really do I think we will pull it off if we get the weather um we're gonna do everything you know we're gonna do a virtual rules meeting. And when I mean a virtual, I'll just uh, tape it and then they can read it. And let's, let's put it this way: if you if you break rules this year, you're not going to like breaking rules this year because I'll just make sure you never just fish in a tournament again.
0: <laughs> but how do people register for the? Well, they're tournament already. Now? It's, it, it's we're already we're done. two.
2: I mean, we're two okay. years full because we haven't had the last two tournaments because of the weather. So know, it, I, it, could, I, I could I could easily room? I could easily make it three years and just you know be and cop out on it and say hey you know. COVID, we can't have it. That's not gonna happen. We're gonna we're gonna force our way through it if, if the weather comes. And I'll make one it, try right? though. I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna push it back. If it doesn't happen on the thirty first, then we'll wait again. And then we were, you know, are gonna miss Jamie on that. MC and that. Um he's been there from basically day one when we when we went to the Midwest open from the trap attacks, he was right there to help us get that up and running. You know, to be the the largest uh, payout in ice fishing history. I mean that's that's there's nothing like it out there and we're gonna to continue to 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 push that forward. Uh, you know, Jamie was absolutely the best thing to happen in Jackson County outdoors you know, in my opinion, you know, he, his promotional of the outdoors with the with the outdoor uh, expo, you know, they had. I mean, he 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 just loved the outdoors and love bringing people into it. I mean, Jamie was accessible to everybody. He treated everybody with respect. Um you know I mean in no I mean he was he was loved by everybody I mean there wasn't anybody he didn't like and there wasn't anybody who didn't like jamie i mean he was he always played that middle of the road the best the he was really good at the middle of the road you know you don't know his politics, nobody did you know he always had to play the middle of the road between Michigan and Michigan state you know <laughs> even to that even to that extent so uh, you know what, what can he ask for what a great friend you know we had a lot of great times conversations out in out in dakotas you know he he was only there two times every year when we show up to north dakota the farmers ask is jamie coming so yeah how how do you not miss somebody like that
0: and with that we wrap up the first of four tribute shows here on the jamie mckibben outdoors show here on WKHM, Jackson's News Talk, 970 AM, 101.5 FM, Fox Sports, 101.9 FM, and wherever you get your podcasts. For the Jamie McKibben Outdoors Show,
1: thank you. Y'all close them eyes. Let's go there in our minds. Hunting and fishing and loving every day.
2: That's the brand this country boy prays. Thank you.